all my friends were doing it. It was a good way to catch up with everyone and meet new people. Mm. Um, so I really took it as like a confidence boost um, and something to do on my weekends, obviously living on the street. Um, I think I thought it was also a good way to give back to my club. Welcome to Swim.Rocks, the show that shares ideas, information and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name is Lachlan Vane Tempest, and one of the biggest issues we have at swim meets is not having enough technical officials. Majority of our officials are adults who have been in the sport for many, many years, but like every workplace or organisation, swimming is in need for young blood. Today we are asking the question, why don't we have a large number of young technical officials? In this podcast, we are talking to a former swimmer and young netball umpire, Lauren Bird, about why netball has so many young umpires and what swimming can do to attract young officials. Enjoy. G'day everyone, welcome to this episode of Swim.Rocks. And as the demand for technical officials increases, we look towards our youth to become the next generation of referees, starters, marshallers, or whatever, you name it. But why don't we have a large group of young technical officials here in Australia? Should they get paid? Could it be more interesting or welcoming? To answer just some of these questions and give us an idea of what we can do to draw young technical officials to the ranks, we are talking to a young lady who was a young netball umpire for years. We now welcome Lauren Bird to the show. Welcome, Lauren. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And where have we caught you today? Uh, we're just in my bedroom at the moment. <laughs> yep. And you were saying the computer had to update just beforehand. So <laughs> yeah, this should be uh, crystal clear. Now, uh, you were a former swimmer at yep. Abbotsley, was it? And any, anywhere else? No, just Abbotsley. Well, just Abbotsley. Well, days at Cherry Hills, but yeah. competitive at uh, Abbotsley. And uh, how long were you a swimmer for? As long as I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> and what was your career highlight? What was the, 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 big, the big show? Um, I think it would have to be winning state in a relay. Yeah. Back, way back in the day. It was my first state medal and I still got the pictures off of my wall. I love it. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, now... We're talking about your careers as a netball umpire, and it's safe to say that netball umpires are a sport within a sport, in a way. I know up here on the Central Coast that the Central Coast Academy is sport. They, they do or they 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 still do or they did a netball umpiring program. Um, before we get onto that, how long did you play netball for, um, and how long did you umpire netball for? So I started netball probably when I was about six and I loved it. And then I think I started umpiring about 13, which is, I think you can start at around 11 or 12, but I waited um, just cause my swimming career wasn't really sure I had the time for it. But then I decided to jump into it just for something new, bit of cash. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. We will be talking about cash sooner or soon enough. Um, so the biggest question that we want to ask is why you got into uh, netball umpiring in the first place what was the draw card um if I'm being honest I think it was the money mm. um you know it wasn't a lot I think I got about eight dollars a game but right. I live very close I live on the street of my netball courts so it was very easy for me to get down there I love doing it um I'm a very independent outgoing individual so mm. I love taking control of the game um all my friends were doing it. It was a good way to catch up with everyone and meet new people. Mm. Um, so I really took it as like a confidence boost um, and something to do on my weekends, obviously living on the street. Um, I think I thought it was also a good way to give back to my club. Um, even though they're paying me, um, we had this system called a buddying system 
where an old umpire would go down and help a younger umpire and do all that kind of thing. So I thought it was a really good way to give back to my club who has done so much for me. Well, I think you just answered my next question as well as what did you enjoy about uh, netball umpiring? But but what did you not enjoy about netball umpiring? Um, definitely the parents. The parents yeah. are another like bubble of the game, I guess. Um, you've always got the uh, mums on the sidelines who will call you up on your mistakes, even though it's a simple mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the expectation for umpires is quite high by the parents. Um, but, you know they all do come to settle down and realize that it is just a game, but especially when it's just starting out, the parents can be a bit vicious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the people who would have a go at a poor 14 year old girl for making a simple mistake, that's just, that's just ridiculous. I think we're lucky in, in, in swimming, we have, you know, the, the parents up in the stands at SOPAC or wherever. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned before uh, that you started out when you're a little bit younger, what, is there certain grades that you're allowed to coach at that age or were you allowed to coach uh, referee? Um, sorry. When you were like 13, were you, were you allowed to referee 17 year, 18 year old games? Yeah. So how they work at my local um, district, which is KNA, the Korean guy, uh, they have a badge kind of system, which is through the, like the association, but then through your club. So you start on an unbadged and you can work it all the way up to a national A or a double A, which is like umpire super netball. So you start on what you call an unbadged, then my club went through the low D, mid D, high D, and then you can go through national C. So when you first started out, you have an unbadged and you'd um, umpire very low games and they wouldn't ask you to umpire high games. And then as you got more confidence and knew the rules more, um, you go up badges until you got to where you want to be. So, yeah, I think that was a good way of doing it as, you know, you didn't just get dumped on, you know, the 12 A's with all the vicious mums on your second game of umpiring. I think it was a really smart way to do it. And then as well as that, the pay went up with each badge. So, right. you know, you weren't me in National C. I wasn't getting the pay the same as an unbadged. So I thought that was a fair way of distributing pay as well. Yeah, and that's a, a bit of a... um encouragement tool as well you know the the higher that uh the more you do and the higher that you get the, the more money you get um now you mentioned a little bit about the, the badges and, and that's a bit of a pathway but what is basically the full pathway from the moment you, you say to your club official i want to become a referee yeah so they'll look at you and go great welcome aboard um they're really supportive um when you first sign up you've got to go through like a little day course which is really good to get, you get like your whistle, your rule book, they go over all sorts of rules that you can get confused with, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then you can work your way up to the ranks until you get to your high D. A high D is the highest you can go within your district. Okay. When you want to go for your national badge, so like I have my national C, um, you have to do like an online quiz. You have to go to a couple of courses like with um, Netball New South Wales, that kind of thing, and they run you through. And then you have to do like a prac exam almost okay. um, within your district where the head umpire from your district will come down and grade you and make sure you're acceptable for your national C. And then you'll keep doing that. You've got to do some carnivals if you want to get your nut B um, and so on and so on. So there's quite a pathway. It is quite a good pathway, I feel, especially down at my association, because I feel like they don't make you like they'll push for you to get your national C, obviously, because they want to say, We've had 20 new National C badges this year and it'd be a good promotion for our association, but they won't put you up there until you're ready. 
mm. um, which I found unlike some other associations, they will just push them right up and they're right. not ready and they just crumble. Um, but I found that at my association, that's not the case. And I was only going to put on it when I was ready. Yeah. Well, well, I think, uh, I think that your association did it the right way and not just throw kids in the deep end just to, yeah. you know, you know, learn it on the job guys. Um, so we mentioned friends, we mentioned uh, the money, but what else did you find encouraging to go into netball umpiring? So what, what do you think uh, your district or Netball New South Wales does that encourages players to become an umpire? Um, that's a hard one because I feel like everybody's different. Like my sister also umpires, but my sister was more thrown into it by my parents being like, this will be good for you and your confidence. Cause me and her are polar opposites. You know, I'm very loud, outgoing, independent rather than my sister who's more quiet off to the side kind of keeps to herself. So I think it ranges from person to person, but for me, I think it was more, you know, to give back and to like say that you can do it. Like it's a great thing to have on your resume when you're first going for your first jobs. Um, I went, I was lucky enough to go to Barker um, and I put that on my application for Barker. I was like, look at me go, giving back, um, sense of community, all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And um, so you said that uh, when you first start off, it's $8 per game. Um, what, from your memory, uh, what does each badge kind of pay? Um, it really depends on your club. So the more umpires your club will have, the like, it's pretty hard to explain, but they'll have different pay rates. So for instance, my club was a pretty low paying club, even though we had more umpires, probably because we had least registrations. I'm not sure how it really works, mm. but I think an unbadge was like $8 and a low D was 10, mid was 12, high was 15, mm. Nats it was probably about 16. Um, but then when you go into like the later time slots, you get a minimum pay of $20 to right. be like, influence people because the 340 time slots are a lady in the day you don't really want to stick around for that long um so they put that pay in there to try and like influence and encourage umpires to try and umpire it and um so how many games would you normally do a day i'd probably try and umpire about two but then buddy another two so i my sister would normally play at the eight o'clock time slot so i go and watch her game and then buddy mm. the 855 then 950 um, maybe buddy again, the 1045, I'd warm up during that one, then play at 1250, then umpire 210 and 340. Wow. So sometimes you might be walking away with a hundred and $150 in, in your pocket on the way home. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the dream. <laughs> <laughs> so allegedly it's a non-contact sport, right? But it can be, it can get pretty feisty. How do you deal with athletes and, and parents, as you said, who are frustrated or, or angry um, or just simply rude? Um, so they train you really well in this. I've never really had problems with it. Um, you know, they tell you to like um, be like have a more aggressive tone against them, not being rude, but letting them know that you know and you are going to officiate the rules. So if they do something wrong, you will pull them up and you can give them cautions. And if it leads to that, you can send them off the court. Again, I've never had to do that. But, um, and same with the parents, you can stop the game and turn around into a parent and ask them to leave or to be quiet, um, obviously without being rude. Um, and they have to listen to you as you're the, like, you're the umpire. So you can stop the game until they leave or anything like that. And then as well as my association, we have um, our wonderful committee up at the little clubhouse and they can come down and help you at any time. 
Um, they can tell parents to leave if they don't listen to you. Um, so yeah, I was, I think it's really well disciplined in our course. Um, also with the plays, they're really well disciplined by their coaches. Mm. Um, I think the only exception to that is when you start getting up to the ladies grades where they think they know it all. And obviously a 40 year old lady versus a 14 year old umpire, yeah. there is a bit of power imbalance, but yep. most battle like of the, the battle whole, of the Karens. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but on the whole, I think it's, they're really well disciplined and you know, no one's going to come out and attack you unless you do something really wrong. And then most of the time they'll just come up to you and be like, Hey, I know you're umpiring, but like I'm an umpire myself. Just thought I'd clear this rule up for you. Um, it's in this page in the rule book. If you wanted to clear it up for yourself. Mm. Um, I've only had a few encounters where people have been really rude. And how many people have you kicked off? Um, I've had to kick no one off. Which oh, is really? Great. I've given a few cautions, but um, it may have been a warning, but I've never actually had to send someone off the court. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I would have, I would have loved to kick someone off. That would have been you know, such a thrill. Oi, mate, get out of here. <laughs> so you talked about the buddying system, Lauren, and and uh, and you went with a, with a senior uh, umpire as well. What was the conversation like? Because we have heard that you know young people who are becoming swimming umpires don't find it appealing uh, because how some senior umpires talk down to them and make them feel inferior. Um, did you were you ever in a situation like that? Um, definitely not. So each club has a umpire like convener right. and they will come around to most of your games, watch you like tell you little tips, everything like that. Um, I was lucky enough to have a great one. She was never um, rude or anything like that to me. If I made a simple mistake, she'd come up and be like, hey, just so you know, you've made this wrong. Like, just try to do this a little bit better this time. Here's something to mm. focus on. So I really felt like included with the older umpires. I think they were really good. They would get around your games, um, particularly when you're on the top four courts where the top grades were playing, you know, everyone would cheer you on, um, make sure no one was talking smack behind you, mm. that kind of thing. So I felt really included, which was really good. Oh, that's good. That's good. And um, obviously we've been saying that, you know, we don't have enough young referees and young officials in the swimming ranks. Why was swimming not an officiating option for you? Was it not appealing or was netball just more exciting? Um, two main reasons, I think. Uh, netball was just really close for me. I didn't have yeah. to travel. I'd literally walk five minutes on foot. Um, but also swimming, officiating, I feel like as a competitor, um, you know, I didn't really have time for it. You know, I was in the pool seven times a week, um, every morning, every afternoon, as mm. well as completing school, especially... Um, I stopped swimming when I was in year 10, but you can imagine for all the people who are still swimming up through their senior years, it gets really hard with studying and then school sport commitments as well as swimming. Um, and then obviously your weekends, if you're still swimming or playing sport, they're filled by that. And there's not necessarily some time to overcome becoming an official at a swim meet. And then I guess like I never really thought about it because you don't really see young people as like mm. officiating. You always like see the parents. Um, obviously, Ben and Ains and Vincent were the ones that obviously, um, mm. you know, like they're grown men. So like a young girl like me wouldn't have thought it would be so easy to yeah. get into. Yeah. And I guess, you know, yeah, as young people you know we're normally involved in the sport rather than uh, you know refereeing or, or officiating on the side um what would swimming have to do to convince young people to become young technical officials um i think that 
if they set up like a pathway and advertise it a bit, a bit more, yeah. like you always see, um, become a soccer referee, come the flags, man, um, umpire, netball, that kind of thing at every mm. club. But I've never actually seen become a swim official or anything like that. At right. All the clubs that I've been to or swim meets, stuff like that. So I feel like if they advertised it, maybe made a bit of a pathway, um, showing people how easy or hard it is. Again, I don't know because I haven't seen anything. Yeah. Um, but obviously if it was easy and you know, you get good rewards out of it, it might be a yep. bit more, um, advertising to younger people. Yeah. A little bit of money, except for those mini muffins and little jets crackers and stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh, if we offer you more than jets crackers, cheeses and little muffins and put a little bit of pathway and money into it, would you go to swimming as a young technical official? I probably would, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like, I've always loved the sport. Um, obviously, had to stop for my own reasons, but yeah. I still love the sport. I still watch it on the Olympics, everything like that. State trials, nationals, I love to watch it live stream, um, everything like that. And I think it's it's not necessarily just like a sport. Like, it's more like an art and a lifestyle. Like, everybody yes. underestimates how much work, how hard those 430 starts are. Mm everything like that. So yeah, I think that it would be really quite rewarding. And then obviously if you make your way up through the pathway, you know, you get to go to exciting events like national yeah. and all of that where it is very serious, but um, I feel like it's not as easy to make a mistake. Like everything's pretty set out. Even if you're just on timekeeping, all you got to do is watch their turns, et cetera, mm. et cetera, which you'd be trained on. So yeah. Yeah. I know for me as a, as a, as a commentator and also as a interviewer, like that's why I stuck in the sport because I want, you know, a free pass to go watch, you know, Australian titles or something and, and get shipped over to Adelaide, you know, and watch it down there or wherever it may be. Why aren't you a umpire right now? Um, just with the stress of HSC, I completed my HSC last year. Yeah. So I decided um, it was time for me to stop and focus on my schoolwork. And then also I've now, on the pathway to becoming an AFLW player, which is really exciting. Wow. So my Saturdays and my Sundays were really filled up with not only schoolwork, but AFL left, right and center. So I did find it kind of hard to get the umpiring around it, especially because they rely on you so much. So, you know, you can't just say I'm in for this week and out for the next eight weeks. You have to commit for the whole season, which I didn't feel like I could commit to. So mm. I didn't commit at all, which I thought, thought was really sensible of me just to give my slot up to someone else. Um, but, you know, I, I always did offer, you know, I am, I am only five minutes down the road. If you really need someone, just give me a call. I'll see what I can do. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was the main reason for me stopping, not anything like everyone was too rude or anything like that. I just had other things that were more important at the time. All right, we're going to talk about this AFLW career. So <laughs> obviously netball is a great positional players, uh, and and know where to move into space. How's your kicking and your and your passing and your and your um, bouncing? Can you kick it out from fifty yet? <laughs> oh, I try. I can try. <laughs> no, it's come it's come a long way. So literally straight after I stopped swimming, um, I went to one of my friends' AFL matches. Yeah. And I had watched AFL my whole life. Um, just another sport that I enjoyed watching, but I never really thought about playing it. Um, I did have a few opportunities, but I kind of turned them down. I was like, no, not really for me. I love watching it. I don't really want to play it too much. Mm. Um, but the second I stopped swimming, I went like two weeks later, I went to one of my friend's matches and I looked at it and I went, 
oh my gosh, this looks like so much fun. Mm. Um, and then two weeks later, I was on the field for my first game, kicked a few goals, absolutely loved it. And I was just obsessed with it from there. And I have not looked back. And I think you'll uh, have all the the built-up anger of all the parents and all the Karens everywhere on the netball court. You can just tackle a, a lady. <laughs> if you were signed in the AFLW, what team would you sign for? Um, definitely, like, either the Swans, but they don't have a team yet. We're hoping for two years' time. But yeah. Either other Giants. I'd have to. I'd have to come back to a Sydney team. Just yeah. born and bred Sydney. All right, Lauren. To end this off, what are the top five things that drew you into becoming a netball umpire? You've named a few. Let's let's start from number five. Number five, uh, connecting with family and friends. Um, still really important, but I think that was probably the least of my priorities. I still saw them a lot, but it was just an extra bonus. Number four, probably getting a bit more confidence, um, learning to stand up for myself in situations where I may not always be right. I still have to stand up for myself, um, tell them, you know, I am in, tr- in charge. Yes, I make mistakes, but you have no right to speak to me in that tone. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, probably the pay. Still important, yep. but wasn't the number one for me. Mid-ground. It's in the mid. Yeah. It's in the mid. Yeah. Mid-ground. Um, number two was probably learning a new skill. I'm always down to learn new skills. I think it's a really good thing to do just to keep that, um, you know, keep yourself moving, keep yourself thinking, all that kind of thing. And there was always something more to learn with netball umpiring. You were never on top of it. Mm. Um, there was always new rules, um, the rules being changed. There was always something to learn. So I found that really intriguing. Um, and then number one, I think was giving back. Yeah. Um, my netball association, especially my club had done so much for me over the years um, with grading and all that thing. So I just really wanted to give back and, um, you know, obviously the clubs can't survive without their umpires. So I just found that really um, important to me as I couldn't coach or be a manager. Um, umpiring was like one of the things that I could do to give back to my club and my community. Awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on our show. Good luck with everything and good luck with your AFLW career. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to that episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep in touch with us, go over to our Instagram and Facebook pages or join our digital community. Simply type in the URL community.swim.rocks, click the request to join button and follow the prompts. It's totally free, guys. Come along and help us make swimming easier and better for all. Make sure you tune into next week's episode, but until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy and stay dry.